0: Jesus you're the wind beneath my wings Sweet Jesus you're my melody and my knee Sweet Jesus you're the eyes that I see through Sweet Jesus yes sometimes we are Father we thank you for your love We thank you for your love that transformed us Your love that has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We thank you for your love that has taken us from slaves in the market of sin to become kings and priests and children of you. We thank you for the open doors and the closed doors. We thank you for your love that forgives. Your love that gave us access to the Father. We thank you for your love. Your love that was sacrificial. Your love that gave us Jesus Christ. Your love that gave us the Holy Spirit. And your love that is giving us the gift of life. We thank you that this love is an everlasting love. This love has not given up on us. We thank you and we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus Amen. We thank God for the gift of life and the opportunity to continue our study on love. And we will continue tonight with our third episode on
1: love. And we invite Benji even as he continues to expose on love. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I pray that at the end of this study, um, the love of the Lord would fill our hearts so that we just not be listeners of his words, deceiving ourselves. We are going to be doers of his words and the extensions of his love on this earth amen all right so um i believe if you've been following carefully we started this study on love about two weeks ago and we've looked at a lot of things last week we looked at um, the various kinds of love that we have yeah we looked at storge failure errors whole lot and then we looked at the major one that was agape love that's the god kind of love and then we also looked at the features or some characteristics of the agape love that's the love that has the ability to transform our lives and um, we looked at the love that has or the love that gives the giving aspect of the love of god and we saw that in john 3 16 very um familiar scripture. Then we also looked at the ability of God's love to forgive and then forget. And we looked at God's love being everlasting in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 3. And then we also looked at um, the God kind of love being unbreakable in the book of Romans where Paul said that what shall separate us from the love of God. Yeah, so today we want to continue with our um, exegesis. And then today I want to touch on a very essential subject and the topic for today will be the Christian identity, that's love. All right, so we know there are a lot of things that are able to portray or identify a person as a Christian and not just Christian, but in this world we see that people or, or as human beings, we are all... Being identified by a particular character or certain traits or patterns of characters. Yeah. So you realize that we have about 7.2 billion people in this world, and each of us are distinct and different in our own ways. And um, even uh, our thumbprints. That means we have about 7.2 billion different thumbprints that exist on this world, and it's quite interesting. Our facial recognitions are not the same, and we are all identified by one thing or the other. So in the same vein as Christians, we have certain characters or certain traits that are able to identify us. But there's the most important trait that is able to identify us. That is, if you don't have this trait, and even if you have all other traits that we think identifies you as a Christian, then I'm sorry, but that is not what or those characters would not be what would portray that men would think that those characters show that you are a christian but if you don't have this character trait and that means you are not a christian all right so from scripture i believe that the most important trait that fishes out a christian or portrays a person to be a christian is love yeah the most important character trait that shows that you are a christian is love and why do i say that having love is the most important character in the life of a christian Um, first of all you have to understand that um, before you become a christian you have to accept jesus christ sorry you have to accept jesus christ believe in him and as your lord and then your personal savior and that is when you would come and stay in you yeah so having christ living in you makes you a christian that is the should i say the gold standard if you, if you don't have christ then you are not a christian but why am i saying that um, having love portrays that you are a christian and this is i'm talking about i'm talking about the agape love, not the other kinds of love that we looked at here. Talking about agape love, that's the God kind of love. So, we know in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, and I want us to read that scripture. It's a very important scripture. It says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and him in God. Whosoever confesseth that... Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in him and he in God. Yeah, so as I said earlier, um, you become a Christian when you accept or convert Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and you believe that he would be your Lord and then your personal savior. And then when you read the same book, that's First John chapter, 1 John chapter four, verse seven and eight, it says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. All right. So we've established that um, you become a Christian when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But the hallmark of a Christian is love. Why are we saying love? The answer is in the book of 1 John chapter 4 verse 8 that I read. That says that he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. So, love is one important attribute of God. And this scripture is telling us that God is love. So, if you know that God is love and you portray yourself or you say that you are a Christian, then that means that if you have Christ in you, then the expression or the major character that we are supposed to see in your life is love. That's agape love. So you can't um, say that you are a Christian and then we are not saying, oh, or well, life is not reflecting the a couple love that the Bible speaks about. Just as the verse seven said that everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. So if you don't love, there is no way you can convince us from Scripture that you are a Christian it's very very simple so you become a christian by accepting jesus christ and the hallmark of your life or your character that would show to us that indeed you are a christian is when we see love in your life so it's not just about being spiritual and then speaking in tongues and moving in the gifts of the spirit, but the bible is showing us that the, the very identity of a Christian is that you are able to live the agape kind of love, that you're able to see that love in your life, yeah. So you don't have to say that you're a Christian before we know that you're a Christian. But by we looking at your life, you should be able to tell that indeed you are the son of God and you are actually a Christian. And um, I also want us to look at other scriptures that confirm this identity of a christian okay so we know that love is a command yeah from scripture we know that love is a command and we can see that in the book of john chapter 13 verse 34 and i want to read that scripture it says a new commandment i give unto you that ye love one another even as i have loved you that he also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples, and then he made them understand that one of the key ingredients, or the most efficient way, that men would be able to know that they are actually christians or they follow him is their ability to love one another and not just love one another but they have to love just as he loved them so in this case jesus christ becomes the benchmark or the gold standard for loving one another and this one was talking about the new commandment when you read from the book of matthew chapter 22 verse 7 to um, 40 it also speaks about the old commandment which was also centered on love but there's actually a difference and we want to look at that difference so Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. So question was posed to Jesus and then he was asked to tell or define the greatest commandment in the law. That's in the law of Moses or the Old Testament. So from verse 37 said, Jesus said unto him, Thou shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 4. On these two commandments and all the law and the prophets so here again jesus christ summarized the meaning or the essence of the commandments of moses but now we look at how jesus christ loved us and then we use that as the measure to love our neighbors okay so i want us to look at the scripture in the book of first john chapter 4 verse 20 and then 21. um the bible says that If a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. All right, so the apostle was speaking to us and he said, that you can't say you love God and then you would hate your brother. If you love God, automatically that love would extend to your brother or your neighbor. So that's why I term this as the dual nature of love. Love is supposed to be, or the love that extends from God would automatically flow to you and then you would be able to extend that love to your brothers. So as a Christian, you can't have love only for God and then your love or the love that you show to your brothers won't be there or your neighbors. Yeah, so that's what the apostle was trying to say here. Yeah. That once you love God, then you are going to love your brother also. You, there's no way that you would say that you love God and then the the way you behave towards your brother won't have that copy or that God kind of love that you are trying to possess, um, profess. So it's very, very simple. If you love God, going to love your brother if you don't love God then you are not also going to love your brother all right so as I said um, we want to look at the breakdown of love That when you say that you love somebody or when you have a copy love what does this mean and we want to look at the meaning of this love in the book of first Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1 to 8 and it talked about a lot of characteristics of the god kind of love so that when you say that you love somebody then the love that you are professing should match the um, features that the apostles laid down in that scripture all right so let's move to the book of first Corinthians chapter 13 verse one to eight all right so i read though i speak with the tongue of men and of angels and I have no charity. I have become as sounding brass of a tinkling cymbal. And do I have the gift of prophecy and, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? And do I have all faith so that I could remove mountains? I have no charity. I have nothing. And do I bestow all goods to feed the poor? And do I give my body to be burned and have no charity? It profited mean nothing all right so from the verse one to verse three is trying to show us a very important concept that if you say you have or your deeds should um, if you say that you have love it's not going to be about just what you do but actually the motive that you do the thing that you do so um for example um You can, Paul is saying that you can give yourself to be bent. But if the motive with which you give yourself to be bent is not right, then it is not actually love. Because in the eyes of humans, when you begin to do certain things, we think that you have love. So he listed out some very, very good characters that if you speak with tongues, talking about spirituality, if you have the gift of prophecy, if you understand mysteries, Um, If you have faith, that is able to move mountains and everything. But if the motive with which all these things or the impetus with which you are doing these things is not right, then that means you don't have love. So you can prophesy not because you love somebody, but because you are doing it for something. Maybe you have a financial motivation. That is why you are prophesying. You are giving yourself to be bent because of something which is not love so it's not just about doing the thing that you do but it's about having the right motive if the right the motive is right that is when we can say that you love a person so it's very very important because when you look at the book of hebrews chapter 4 that talks about the word of god being sharper than a two-edged sword it talked about how the word is able to divide between the meeting of the bone and then the marrow, and then it's a discerner of our thoughts. So, anytime you are doing something, God is trying to check your motive to see that are you doing this thing because you love the person, or is it because you are looking for something else? Are you doing it because you love the person, or is it because of something else? So, there can be different motivations for the thing that we do as Christians, which might not necessarily be love. Yeah, so it's not about that thing being just good. But God is always going to scan our hearts and see whether what we are doing is actually stemming from love or stemming from our own motivations. All right, so let's look at this scripture first before we go to the attributes of love. 2 Corinthians chapter 25, verse two. Let's start from the verse one. It says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign." and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehuadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. So when you look at the thing that Amaziah was doing, it was actually the right thing that he was doing. But it was the heart that he did them with. The Bible said that he did them not with a perfect heart. And the Bible makes us understand that as men, we are always going to look at the outward, but God actually looks at our heart or He looks in the inward parts of us. That is why the psalmist would always say that the Lord should search me and then try my motives and see if there be any evil thoughts in my heart, then she should lead me to the way or the path everlasting. Yeah, so very important. I just want us to take note of that, that the heart with which we do things are, is very important. That the motive should always be loving, not anything else. All right, so the first Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. I want to read from the NIV version. So the verse 4 says that love is patient. All right, so you have to ask yourself, or you have to know that when you say that you love a person, then you need to understand that you have to be patient with that person. And other versions use long-suffering. Yes, so patience and long suffering are almost similar. That's you're able to bear with the attitude of the person, or you can be going through maybe a cold time and then you don't grumble and then have a grudging attitude, but you're able to stay to the end of the trial and temptation that you are going through. That is what patience actually means. And I found a very um, interesting definition of patience that said that. Um, keeping a good attitude while you wait. So patience is not just about waiting because you can wait and then you can waiting for a person and then you can be angry and you would be grumbling and then a whole lot. But when you are patient with someone, you have or you keep a good attitude while you are waiting. So that is what we talk about when we are saying patience. So it's either long suffering. That's bearing with or standing in trial and then the temptation and having a good attitude. All right. The next point is that love is kind so being kind means you are helpful you are gentle and then one important case study that we can use to depict love being kind is about the story about a good samaritan yeah so from scripture when you study very well you know that the jews and the samaritans didn't have anything to do together they were enemies yeah but from jesus christ gave he talked about how a Levite and then a priest came to see the man who had been beaten by the robbers, but it all passed by. And we know that these two people were actually Jews, that the Levite and then the priest. But the Samaritan, who was not, or who was the enemy of the man, was actually the person who took care of this man who had been beaten by robbers. All right, so this explains and depicts the kind nature of love. So love doesn't but love is not only kind to the people that it knows. And I think there's a scripture about that, that if you only love the people that you love, then what, what is the essence of the love that you have? So love is rather supposed to extend beyond our brothers and our colleagues. Now that Jesus Christ said that we should love our enemies, we should even pray for them. And this would not make sense, but if you say you have love or if you have the god kind of love then that is what is expected of you it's supposed to be kind and it's supposed to reach beyond the people that you know and that is your enemies all right the next point is that love is never envious or jealous love is not envious or jealous yeah so you don't look for the things or you're not jealous about the things that other people have but actually even celebrate with them about the things that they have and there's only one thing that the bible talks about but the bible says we should covet and i think when we're looking at the spiritual gifts in one of our previous series we talked about it that was spirituality that paul said we should convert spiritual gifts aside spiritual gifts the bible never talks about we or the bible never instructs us to be jealous about anything that our neighbor has yeah so if we actually love we are not supposed to have jealousy in our hearts. We are not supposed to be envious about the stuff that um, people have. And the reason why um, the Bible talks about, or Paul instructs us that we should covet, spiritual gifts, is that there's also a scripture that talks about me thinking about, He said if there are things that are good, those are the things that we should think about he yeah, talked about things that are good that are perfect he said we should set our minds on these things yeah so it's actually in the right sense that we convert in spirituality because we know spiritual gifts are good things and then they are the thing that we have to set our minds on yeah but if we love then we are not supposed to be envious or jealous about other people all right then he goes on to say that love is not proud. Love is not proud, or love is not arrogant. And I want us to look at the scripture in the book of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall." So it's trying to make us know the repercussions of being proud or arrogant. And that scripture is to talk about how God resists the proud but he exalts the humble and if you're a proud person it's very dangerous because you actually have God as your opponent, or you have God coming against you because it's a very um, deadly character that God hates yeah so love and arrogance have nothing in common to do so if you look into your life if I look into my life and I see that I have arrogance or I am proud then I would have to understand that the love of God is not in me all right so the next one talks about love not being rude and the next one also talks about love not being selfish. There, that's one cardinal sign of agape love. The love of God is selfless. The love of God thinks about the good of others. So if you look at, or if I check, cross-check my life and I see that everything that I have, doing has to do with myself as says i has always been saying that uh, the holy trinity me myself and i then you have to know that you have parted ways with love because if you have the god kind of love if you have agape love in you then your love is going to be a selfless one all right the next one talks about is says love is not resentful yeah love doesn't cause annoyance Next one says, love is never glad with sin. And when you look at the list that the Apostle made, you would think they are very simple stuff that we're able to do. But that's why in our first series we did for this year about the six prayers we need to pray for 2021, the first point was about we taking off all filthiness and the superfluity of naughtiness in our hearts and receiving with meekness the engrafted word of God. Yeah, so, sometimes when we look at the scripture we think we have these things in our lives and if these scriptures do not speak to us then we have to check ourselves because the word of god always has or it will have a role to play in our lives it will always at any point in time teach us what we have to do no matter the number of times that we have listened or to these scriptures or even the number of times we have taught these scriptures yeah so the Bible said we should lay aside all those forms of naughtiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. So the list might seem simple to you that, oh, maybe I have these things, but in reality, <laughs> that might not be the case. All right, the next point. It is love is always glad to side with the truth so obviously if love is not glad with sin then love is always going to go with the truth and the next one says love bears all things love believes in the best in all things yeah so maybe you'd have Let me talk about the love that bears all things um it's very let me say difficult to live with human beings when you are working with human beings because you are always going to have people that are going to step on your toes that are going to annoy you that are going to do a whole lot of things that are going to get you on your nerves but if you have the love of God the Bible is saying here that love bears all things, love best all things. So you are able to put up with the character and the attitude of people. So whether you are in school, whether you are at the workplace, wherever you find yourself, you have to know that that is the nature of man that we always hear. yeah. But if you have love, then you should be able to put up with these characters. And in then uh, let us understand why we have this tallest. The next one says, Love believes the best in all things. So maybe you can have a friend or someone who has a very bad character, but if you have the love of God, you should be able to look into the person and look at the best of characters that a person will be able to put up and believe in that character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just like as Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross and he was hanged between two thieves, but the thief who was able to, um, let me say, he spoke to Jesus Christ, that Jesus should remember him in paradise, and actually Jesus Christ gave him that promise that today you'll be with me in paradise, yeah. So Jesus Christ looked beyond the sense of the thief, he me, look. at the best thing that he could see in the thief, that is that heart of repentance. Gave him the opportunity to live with him in paradise. So it's the same with us that no matter a person that we live with or how devious a character that a person might put or display, if we have the love of God, that is agape love, then we should be able to fish out the best in these people and even pray that God would be able to change them. All right. The next point is love hopes in all things. that scripture says limitless hope, it hopes in all things. So it's almost similar to love bearing all things. Then the last but one point is, love never feels. And this is a very, very important point, that love never fails. So there is a feel-proof character of love. So if you are doing something and then you are failing, then the Bible is telling us that love in itself does not feel. So you can add love to something that you do, and the end product of that will be success. So if you tie love to something that you are doing, the Bible is trying to tell us that that thing is not going to fail. That is, if you have the agape love, that thing would never fail. And it's it's very, very true, and it's very important that anything, and I'm sure we've heard of these things that if um, you want something to succeed, then you should love it. So let's say if it's a job or like anything, sports or something, you get to realize that most of the people that succeed are the people that love what they do. Yeah, those that succeed most of the times are those people that love what they do. And the scripture is trying to misunderstand understand this, that when you love something, when you add love to something that you do, that thing would never fail. And the last and important point, of course, all these are important, but one of the points that I want us to touch on before I bring this study to a close is the last one that says, Love does not keep record of wrong. Or, in other sense, love forgives and then forgets. And I said in our previous episodes that to me, it is one difficult aspect of love that is forgiving and then also forgetting. So I want us to look at certain scriptures of what the Bible talks about this that's forgiving and then forgetting. So let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 9 verse 1 to 6. Okay, it says, Jesus stepped in boats and crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the Lord said to him, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins okay so let's skip that scripture we're also reading from the book of james chapter 5 verse 14 since is any one among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the person well the lord raise them and if they have sinned they will be forgiven Okay, then also let us read from the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 12. The Bible says that hatred stirs up conflicts, but love covers over all wrongs. That's from the NIV. The King James says hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. So this is trying to make us understand that <laughs> if we actually love, if we say that we have agape love, then we would not keep records of the wrongs that have been done against us. The Bible says that if we do not forgive our brothers, then our Father in heaven would also not forgive us of our sins. So it's a reciprocal concept. If we don't forgive, the Lord would not forgive us. Yeah, but there's this connection between, or let me say there's the healing aspect of forgiveness. Because you realize that anytime you have or you have both unforgiveness in your heart, that it would eventually lead you to having bitterness against someone, which is always going to harm yourself. When you have unforgiveness, in you, it would grow up to become bitterness. So, more like unforgiveness becomes bitterness in your heart. And then there is like when you have a grudge with somebody, anytime you see the person, then it's you have those kind of emotions sometimes when you see the person you 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 begin to your heart begins to beat fast and a whole lot that's about the physical aspect of it yeah but there's that healing aspect of forgiveness so if you're able to forgive then you are um, you are going to have that healing aspect of forgiveness so that's why um a scripture we read In the book of James, said that if the person is sick and we pray for the person, the person will be healed. And even if there are some sins that the person has committed, they are going to be forgiven. And the one we read in Matthew, Jesus Christ told the person that your sins are forgiven you. And they were saying he was blaspheming. And then he said, okay, get up and walk. Then the man began to walk. In that instance, he was trying to show them that he had authority to forgive the sins of men on earth but he was also trying to tell them that if he's able to forgive the sins of the man the the disease that the man came with does the man being paralyzed would also be taken away and in another instance too they brought a man i think the man was blind and they asked jesus christ that what sin has this man done because he has been blind from his infancy? like he was born blind and they said is it the sin of the mother or the sin of the father or the sin of baby his family members and jesus christ told them that it is not a sin of anybody but that the glory of the lord would be seen yeah so there's actually that connection between sin and then suffering yeah we know that the wages of sin is death and in the book of corinthians when there was or uh, Paul was talking to the Church of Corinthians about the Lord's supper, how they were eating it unworthily. He talked about how some of them began to get sick, and some of them were even die. Yeah. So sin has that consequence or repercussions that when you have a sin in you, it can lead to sickness and then eventually to death. Yeah, so it's very important that we have and understand this concept, that there's that healing aspect of forgiveness. And when we are able to forgive the sins of others, it goes a long way to help ourselves and helps our neighbors, or let me say our brothers. Yeah, so there's this tall list that I've said about the attributes of love. That is, is patient, kind, it's not rude, and a whole lot. But we have to understand that in order to experience this or know that we are working in this attitude, we know that it is very difficult to look at them one by one and know, or you check your life and see that, oh, I have patience, I have kindness and all this. We have to understand that it is only the Holy Spirit that will help us to be able to walk in all these characters. That is when you have the Holy Spirit or as Christians, you have the Holy Spirit. So when we yield to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, it is going to flow naturally in our lives. So you don't have to um, pick a pen and paper and then always be checking that my life or my life is showing patience. The love I have is kind. The love I have is not proud. Once we submit ourselves to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, all these things are going to flow naturally in our lives so that is what i want to entreat us or the sum total of today's teachings is about we yielding ourselves to the holy spirit as we read in the book of romans that it is the holy spirit that has shed the love of god abroad in our hearts and we also learned that love is also the fruit of to be led by the holy spirit we are going to experience all these attributes that the apostle is talking about in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8 so I would like to end here and allow my friends to come in. Thank you very much Amen
0: Alright, God bless you so much before we pray I would just like to throw more light on um, the part Benji was talking about in John chapter 13 verse 34 that a new command i give unto you that you should love as i have loved you i remember i once said and that six type of prayer talk about love that the whole commandment is love the whole commandment is about love but then there's a difference Jesus in coming introduced a new dimension of love in our work and this is very very important for our study. That's why it's ironical for one to think that grace has come to lower the standard because grace has come to actually increase or have come to lift or raise the standard high because under the law, man is supposed to put his efforts to meet the demands of God. So God knows that our flesh can't achieve much. So the standard in the law is very low. So under the law is until you are physically slept with someone that you have committed adultery or fornication. But under grace, just lasting after the person in your heart, you have committed the act. Because when you come under grace, it is not about what you can do but about what you allow God to do through you. And if God is the one working through you, it is his standards that he expects us to live. So under the law, we are supposed to love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. But under grace, we are supposed to love our neighbors just as Jesus loved us. And it's very important because many of you may not occur to you, but most people don't love themselves. And if you're supposed to love people, as you love yourself, it just tells you how short in demonstrating that love would be would be to that person. Because people are in abusive relationships and they are still there. They don't love themselves. People are in contaminated situations. People are, are putting themselves through hell due to the choices they are making for themselves so we clearly shows that people don't even love themselves so if i'm supposed to treat people as i treat myself i'm going to fall short because many of us find it very difficult to forgive ourselves whenever we tell that lie whenever we go and steal that meat from our mother's soup, whenever we gossip whenever we backbite we feel disappointed in ourselves and we're like did i really do this so look at how difficult it is sometimes to forgive yourself how much difficult will it be to forgive somebody else so under the law god told them that just as you love yourself so should you love your neighbor so if you find it very difficult to forgive yourself you equally find it difficult to forgive your neighbor. If you find it very difficult to cut off yourself from contaminated and abusive relationships, you find it very difficult to advise people to come out of such relationship. If you find it very difficult to pull yourself out of a mess of addictions and all sorts of complicated issues, you find it equally difficult to bring people out. So Jesus is telling us that the new commandment is all about love but the dimension is that look at the way I am treating you and treat people like that. So if God forgives you no matter what, you have absolutely no right to hold a grudge against somebody. If God is able to tolerate your weakness, if God is able to tolerate our foolishness, you have no excuse not to tolerate your neighbor. If God is able to not give up on you, dear brother, dear father, dear mother, you have no right to give up on your child. You have no right to give up on your sibling. So just as God deals with you, so should we also deal with people. And this is the new dimension of love. Jesus came to introduce, because now he's introducing an era called grace. So the standards are, you are no longer the standard for love. Because under the Old Testament, you were the standard for love. And you know most people don't even treat themselves well. Look at the way it's so difficult for people to spend money on themselves. Imagine it's end of year and you tell people that, oh, we want to have a, a get together, so contribute some amount of money, let's have a get together. They won't. They would rather prefer to sleep at home and just, I don't know the word to use, but look at how difficult people find it sometimes to give themselves a treat. So if you are somebody that you find it very difficult to, to put on good clothes, to eat well, do you think you can treat somebody well? So people who don't love themselves when they enter into a relationship or when they get married, They find it very difficult for them to also love their partner. They don't treat themselves well. They don't wear good clothes. They don't eat well. They don't take off their body well. So when somebody entrusts their body into that person's hand, you can imagine what they'll do to that person. So it's very important that we understand the new dimension of love Jesus is introducing. That is why even though the commandment is about love, he's saying that it's a new commandment. So if God is patient with you, You have no reason not to be patient with your neighbor. If God tolerates you, you have no reason not to tolerate your neighbor. If God bears you up, you have no reason not to bear people up. If God's love towards you keeps after you is never failing you have no reason to give up on your sibling, you have no reason to give up on that loved one Jesus' love now becomes the gold standard for love, not you and it's very important that we appreciate this truth, that it is a new commandment I give unto you love your neighbor as I have loved you, because some of us will not even die for ourselves (laughs) how much more dying for somebody else but Jesus laid down his life for you. And he demands that we also lay down our life for the brethren. And I pray that we would receive the grace. I pray that our eyes will be anointed with eyes, sir, that we may see the higher life to which God has called us to. I want to spend some time in prayer. And just tell God that He should give us the strength. Paul pray that, that you might be filled with might in your inner mind. We need the energies of God to walk in this level of love. We need the energies of God to be able to forgive people as quickly as God forgives us. We need that energy to be able to tolerate with the weaknesses and the frailties with people. As God tolerates us, we need the energies of God to love people as God loves us. We are praying that God should strengthen us with the mind. God should grant us the grace. God should grant us that heart. God should grant us that mind, that mindset was in Christ, that He loved us to the extent that He laid down His life for us. Father, we pray that we will renew our mind in the Word. We pray that we will renew our mind in the truth. Father, told us not to love our neighbors as ourselves, but we love our neighbors as loved us. We pray for grace, Lord, that every day of our life we will walk in love. We pray for grace, Lord, that every moment of our life we be. Great in demonstrating the love of God, for it is by this people will know that we are your disciples. We pray for grace that we will exude the love of God that has been and blown in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We pray for grace that we will be an exact representation, we will be ambassadors for you wherever we find ourselves. We will be a saver of fresh air to people, we will be a saver of your life to people. Will be a saver of blessings to people because we love just as you have loved us we thank you for loving us we thank you for not giving up on us we thank you that your love has transformed us from slavery to sunshine and we pray that you will show this same love to people you will be an extension of your love to whoever did. in the name of our lord jesus amen god bless you so much for being with us and we hope to catch you again next week even as we continue our study and uh next week is really going to be interesting. and we hope that you will continue to be with us and invite your friends even as we study even as we renew our minds that we may conform to that perfect will that god has for us remember to give God your birth, and to make sure that in the year 2021, in the month of March, you will owe no man nothing but love. Bye-bye. You're more than gold, as the dear for water, so my soul loves for you,
1: forever
0: and ever, yes, this heart beats for you, as the dear, Water, so my soul longs for you. My soul longs for you. This, this heart beats for you. you.